This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Banks St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Of two, wouldn't you kind of thought that? But Jesus says five for the price of two. Because really, in the mind of the shopkeeper that's selling those sparrows, the fifth one is totally and utterly worthless. If you like, the fifth sparrow is that that which is there to entice the buyer. How many have seen that? You know, two or so many, you buy this and it's, it's to entice you to buy. And so he says almost this fifth sparrow is absolutely, totally worthless. It's only there to entice people to buy the other four. The fifth one is totally free. It's thus there to entice. Jesus is talking about it. He's talking about open markets. You know, the, the fast food of the day. You know, sparrows that were barbecued over a spit. How many of you have ever had barbecued sparrows? You know, Mac Sparrow. You know, come and buy your Mac Sparrow. Not your Mac Chicken, but your Mac Sparrow. And that was this idea, this, this kind of free food that you could go catch on in it, Mac Sparrow. Uh, and so this fifth sparrow was absolutely considered worthless in the mind of that shopkeeper. Because it wasn't worth anything. It was the fifth sparrow. And here's what the scripture tells us. And this is the amazing thing. It says not one sparrow is forgotten by God. In the shopkeeper's mind, it's worthless of no value. And God says, even that, one of, even that fifth sparrow, which is totally useless and worthless in a sense, even that sparrow isn't forgotten by God. All this has a purpose, believe it or not. It's really there to tell us that maybe you feel that you're a nobody going nowhere. And I felt God sent me this morning to tell you that you're not the fifth sparrow because in God there are no fifth sparrows. Everybody counts. Everybody has a place that God says that you count in my eyes. Whatever life has dealt you with, you this morning still have incredible value to God. You are not a fifth sparrow. That's this incredible, we think the amazing dimensions of God. He says, not one sparrow falls to the ground that Father doesn't know about. In other words, the Father even goes to a sparrow's funerals. How many have ever been to a sparrow's funeral? Incredible thing is we're told, even the sparrow, God doesn't miss one of them. God cares, if you like, for the fallen ones. And really, this is a message for people who have fallen in some way in life. And because of the falling, you feel like a fifth, a fifth sparrow. 
You don't feel you fit in anymore. You don't really feel you, ma you're ma you matter. You don't feel you have any value and you don't feel you have any worth. And here's what it says. If he notices when a sparrow falls, the Lord wants to tell you he cares about you. When you fail, when you mess up, you might have fallen and you might feel you don't count in God's equation. God says, I recognize, I reach out to you. It's called grace. It's called the love of God. Even when people don't see any worth of you, God still recognizes and sees you as worth and value. Can you say amen? I often think there's often people who actually kind of self-depreciate themselves. In other words, when you self-depreciate yourself, you feel... Deep inside your heart, I'm not saying maybe what you say of yourself, what you say in your head, but deep inside your heart, you don't feel you're worth anything. You feel you failed, you feel you've made so many mistakes, and you begin to paint on the inside of your heart, you see yourself as a fifth sparrow, something that's worthless, something that doesn't fit in. And maybe you see other people around you who seem so successful, and you feel less than them. And as you're self-depreciating yourself, God wants to show you your worth. He hung for you on Calvary. He died for you on the cross for you to recognize that you, in God's eyes, are incredibly full of worth and value. You can see amen. And he says this, fear not. If your father notices even a little sparrow, don't fear. When you failed, the God will not Give up on you. The message of the cross is God still sees worth in you. He still loves you. He still sees potential in you. Jeremiah says these amazing words. He says, God has got a plan and a hope for you. Therefore, do not despair. This morning, God is only thinking good thoughts towards you. The small, you know, when he talks about the hair of the head, I know we kind of joke about that. You know, it means that the smallest detail of your life is important to God. I think there's certain things about life that we don't think really matters to God or God's interested in it, but God is interested in the smallest matter of your life. Do you think about that while that verse is talking about? It says, Every hair of your head is numbered. You know what that means? Think about this. They're not just the hairs that you, you've got right now. But all the hairs you've had since the day you were born, God knows the very numbers of those hairs. That's how God detailed every aspect and every part of your life. In God's there are no fifth sparrows. And I think there's times when we just feel in our heart like a fifth sparrow. Feel like we don't fit in. Feel we're kind of like the odd one out. Don't ever feel God will ever use us. Don't feel we've ever got the gifts and the talents that maybe others have got. Maybe we don't feel we can sing musically. Maybe we don't feel we can speak as, as much as we feel we ought to. Maybe we don't feel we've got outward-going personality. And we don't feel that we've got the talents and the, and the abilities. And we wonder, can God ever use us? And we feel kind of really, really insignificant. I just think of David, King David. You know what happened? The Bible says that a prophet came and David's father called all the sons before the prophet. 
The only son he didn't call out was David. Imagine, he got all these other sons to stand before the prophet except David. He was like the odd one out of his family. He was the one that, that the father didn't think really mattered. And I tell you, this young boy had talent. You think he wrote psalms that are still sung and used today. Is that right? Probably every one of us has been, even this very week, have heard something of that psalm in some way or another. His psalms have gone on through, through decades and through generations. He wrote incredible songs. He had incredible charisma. He was an incredible person. But he was treated like a fifth sparrow. His dad left him out in the field. Because in his dad's mind, he was such a failure, such a reject, such a loser, that he wasn't even worthy enough to stand before the prophet. And he had to be the prophet that said to him, have you not one more son? And he's right there, right at the back of the line. In the world's eyes, he's a fifth sparrow. But God said, this is a young man who's got a heart after me. I recognize him as someone significant who I can use and do something great with his life. And that really tells you something of what God's like. God will not pass over you. God will not reject you. God wants to put his hand on your life and lift you. And as you begin to submit your life to him, as you begin to allow God to work and touch in your life, watch him do incredible things with your life. You'd be amazed what God would do if you would just submit and give your life to him. God has got an awesome, incredible plan for your life. He doesn't see you as a fifth sparrow. He sees you with significance. He sees you with value. He sees you with worth. He sees you with incredible potential. And what he's looking for is you say, God, here's my life. Take my life and use my life. And you'll be amazed what God can do with that kind of life. Can you say amen? Look at Psalm 1, 2, verse 7. Psalm 102. Psalm 102, verse 7. He says, I lie awake. I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. I don't know what happened to that dear little sparrow. Maybe its nest broke or just something happened to it. But the psalmist recognized he felt like a sparrow. He felt he was left alone. Maybe you might feel here today that you're alone. You feel maybe relationships have broke up and, and you just feel so alone. And God wants to remind you this morning, he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. Even when you feel you've come to, to an end of things in your life, he's going to reach out to you and he says, I will never ever abandon you and I will never ever forsake you. You might feel so alone inside your heart. Sometimes we can even have people around us, but deep inside in our hearts we just feel alone and, and so left out. Ever gone into a room? It's almost, you don't even feel you're there almost. And you feel so insignificant, you just don't feel anyone notices you, for example. God wants to say, he notices. He's never going to leave you, and he's never going to forsake you. 
That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus spent so much of his time with the outcasts that nobody else wanted. He touched the lepers. He reached out to, 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 to all the ones, the outcasts of society that are thrown out. But Jesus says, I welcome you. I welcome you. I value you. I give you the worth. You are not a fifth sparrow. Look at Psalm 84, verse 3. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for itself where she may lay along. Even your altars, O Lord my God. A sparrow in the house of the Lord, who would have, have imagined it? But what that scripture is telling us, that, that really that when you come before God, that you can find a place where you feel you belong, where you feel you have a home. You know what the incredible thing is? I think many Christians feel and live like spiritual orphans. They don't really live like they've got a home. And God says, you've got a home. You belong. You're part of my family. You're my child. I've adopted you into this incredible family. You're part of, 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 of what I want for you to be. There is a nest. There is a place of protection in the living God. Can you say amen? Very quickly, Psalm 61 verse, uh, sorry, Isaiah 61 verse 3. Console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. I just love the fact that God can give beauty for our ashes. Maybe where, where things in your life have just burnt up, and everything looks like ashes. And God says, if you would just give them ashes to me, those things in your life that seem to have burnt up, is that I can cause something amazing to come out of it. The greatest ministries, the greatest moves of God have come out of people that ashes. I think of Moses, who was rejected even by his own people. Jeremiah, who went through incredible persecution. I think of Hosea, who was abandoned by his very wife, who he thought loved him and abandoned him and left him. And yet these men God used and did amazing things with. And God says, give me your ashes. Give me the things in your life that are seen to have burnt up. And I will perform something beautiful and something awesome through them. Let me just give you one last verse. Isaiah 54, verse 11. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with a tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones and colorful gems. Lay your foundations with sapphires. I, wait you, I will make your pinnacles like rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walks of precious stone. Have you found that sometimes jewelry can make a person feel special? Ladies, is that right? You know, that beautiful necklace and, you know, that, that, those nice rings. And just when you get that nice jewelry, it kind of makes you feel a little bit special. And it, and it just kind of does something to you. And this is this picture what God wants to say. Sometimes on the inside, we see ourselves like a fifth sparrow. You see yourself as unlovable, as worthless. And if that's how we see ourselves on the inside, it affects how we live our lives on the outside. The way you see yourself within you affects the way you live your life outside. And sometimes we're limited by life, not by the circumstances of life, 
but the way we really perceive ourselves. The way we really see ourselves on the inside. It's almost mirrors inside us that reflect who we are. Sometimes we see ourselves the way a teacher or a parent or a friend or even life experiences have spoken over us. We see ourselves through our past failures. We see ourselves as, as a victim. And so we live a limited life. We can often live our lives like labels that have been attached to us. Labels that, that say failure. Labels that, that say mistake. Labels that say pushy. Labels that say low achiever. Labels that say temper. And often these labels get attached to us. I said it could have come through multiple ways. Those labels become attached to our lives. And that's the way we begin to see ourselves. We see ourselves through the eyes of past experiences, through what people have spoken over our lives, through what people maybe in, in certain positions over our lives have spoken into us. And because of those things that have got down inside us, we begin to see ourselves that way. But God wants to give you a new ID. You know, the big thing today is ID. The greatest theft around right now is ID theft. People can gather something about information about you. They can do all kinds of things. With your bank account, all kinds of things. They gather something for your ID. When you become a Christian, you gain a new ID. You get a new identity. You become a brand new creature. Psychiatrists tell me that we listen to one 1,200 words a minute of what they call self-talk. And they say 1,100 of those words self-talk are negative. Self-talk is the conversations you have with yourself. You talk to yourself more than anybody else. Okay? Not outwardly, but inside your head you do. Okay? Well, so, and often it... If all we talk about ourselves is negative and we talk ourselves about a false idea, if you like, it affects the way we live our lives. We begin to live powerless lives because we see ourselves as the fifth sparrow. And many people can believe in an awesome God, but never really possess what God has for them. Not because God has not made it available to them, but because of the way they see themselves. Dear Carlos, come forward here. Would you mind? Would you must come forward? Would you be a volunteer? That'd be all right. You're such a good-looking man there. Thank you. He's a fashion guru, this man. So, okay. Can you just stay there for me to see? You don't mind being humiliated, do you? No, no, okay. Okay. No, this is not true of you. This is not true of you. Sometimes I said these labels can get attached to our life. They have a label for mistake. Many people feel sometimes in life that they, were, that they were a mistake they were ever born. Other people feel they have a label of a failure. Somebody said to them, you're a failure. Maybe parents said over you, you're never going to achieve anything. And some people, even though they're great achievers, are still playing that video over in their heads. Failure. Never going to make anything of your life. And so they live with a, with a label of failure. For others, it could be low achiever. Many then people have said to me that during their school time, they can remember teachers said to them, you are a low achiever. You're never going to really achieve very much in your life. 
And that label stuck with them, attached to them. And I thought, I'm never going to achieve anything because that was what said over me. I'm a low achiever. Brothers, it can be, oh, that person's so pushy. They're always pushing, they're always pushy, always pushy. And all kinds of labels, a lot more you could think of. These labels attach themselves to us and they begin to define who we are. We, we are defined by these things. And, and they, as we look at ourselves on the inside of our hearts, this defines who we are. Oh, but when you come to Jesus, he begins to rip off all the labels. He begins to rip them off because they're part of your old nature, your old ID. They're gone and finished. And he said, I'm going to give you a new ID. Ready for your new ID, Carlos? Okay. This is your new ID. New creation. Brand new person. All that he was, all that is past, and all that spoke of his past is now gone. It's a new creation. Your new ID is forgiven. Not to live anymore full of guilt and condemnation. As God sees you, he sees you forgiven by what Jesus did for you on the cross. He sees you as accepted. A lot of people live feeling rejected. But God says, even though everybody else might have rejected you, I accept you in the beloved. I could go on and on. There's a nice there's, there's one more. I like this one. Cherished. In God's eyes, you're cherished. He cherishes everything about you. He thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're fantastic. He thinks you're incredible. He cherishes you. We've got to learn to see ourselves not through our old ID, but through our new ID. That's who we are now. That's what God has called us to be. Thank you, Carlos. You can even keep the labels. You can keep the labels and go out so people know who you are. You know, it says in the Psalms, it says in the Psalms that when God sees us, he sees us through the apples of his eye. That's an incredible thing when you think about it. You know, the apple of your eye is the most sensitive part of your eye. Now, you know, when you look at someone, you know, if you get really close to someone, really close to them, and you look at them, you can see your reflection in their eye. You've got to get very close to do that. So someone you're particularly close to, you can do that too. So you, you just see, you can see their reflection in your eye. And God says, you are the apple of my eye. In other words, God says, I want you to see yourself not as people see you, not as experiences see you, not as your past sees you, but as God sees you. He sees you with all those labels attached to your life. He sees you as the apple of your eye. He sees you forgiven. He sees you in Christ. He sees you cherished by God. That's the way he sees you. He sees you through your worth. What? How do you value something? A few weeks ago, there was a painting by Picasso. It was. Had one, kind of like had one eye, you know, big head, one eye, and all kinds of greens and things. And I thought I'd rather have a Wendy painting. Definitely, definitely, definitely. We you know those paintings are worth 17 million. Why is it worth 17 million? I'm not sure I paid 17 p for it, but it's worth 17 million. And I tell you why it is. Because somebody is willing to pay 17 million. 
Renardo, sorry about this, says Renardo, Man United sold him for 80 million to Real Madrid. Why is he worth 80 million? Because somebody was willing to pay 80 million. How much are you worth? What is the value of your life? The value of your life is what somebody is willing to pay for you. Let me just read you as I close one last verse. This is your value. This is how much you're worth. 1 Peter 1, verse 18. This is the way God, how God values you. This is how valuable you are to God. Verse 18. Knowing this, that you weren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, which you received by the tradition of your fathers, but you were redeemed or you were bought. The price that was paid for you was the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. In other words, your value is priceless. Nobody's got enough money to buy you. You're totally and utterly beyond value in terms of money because God says you are such of such worth, of such intricate value, the only price that can be paid to buy you and redeem you is the precious blood of my son. My son who's the most precious thing I have. I'm willing to give him on a cross, to die for you on the cross, because to me, you are of intense value and worth. That's how much worth you are to God. He's paid the price. The issue is, it's about receiving it. Receiving the price that Jesus paid for you. And maybe you're here as I close this morning. You just feel, don't feel value, don't feel worth. God loves you so much. He bought you so that you could have a personal relationship with him. And in order to receive that personal relationship, You've got to ask God, number one, to forgive you. Secondly, to wash you, to forgive you, to wash you clean by the cross, by his blood. And then thirdly, invite him into your heart. And when you do that, your life will be totally and radically changed and transformed. Or maybe you're a Christian here today, and you've lost sight. You feel you kind of have such a low esteem, such a low value of yourself. God wants you to know how valuable and how important you are to him. You are not a fifth sparrow in his eyes. Let's just bow ahead and just come before him right now. Just for a few moments, if every person right now, just for these few moments, you just bow your head. Just recognize this morning the price that Jesus paid for you. If you'd have been the only person on this planet, he would still have come and still have died for you because you are such value and such worth to him. You're so precious to him. I just want to pray a prayer this morning. And if you've never ever asked Jesus to come into your life, 
It's a very simple prayer that you can pray. You can know the reality. You can know the wonderful sense of being valued. The wonderful sense of having a personal relationship with Jesus. Just pray this prayer very simply from your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you saw my value and my worth. You paid the price by dying for me on the cross. I ask you now to forgive me my sin. I put my complete trust and complete faith in you. Would you now come and live in my life and be my Lord and be my Savior? In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer tonight, this morning, then we've got some literature that we'd love to give to you. So come after the service and we'd love to give you that literature. Maybe you're a Christian here today and God just wants to remind you this morning of how valuable, of how worthwhile you are to him. And just realize that truth this morning. Just say, Lord, thank you that, that in your eyes, Lord, Lord, of my value, of my worth before you, help me to see myself as you see me. And let's just tear off these labels off our lives. Refuse to live our, live our lives with wrong labels only live your life according to the label that Jesus Christ has placed on your life. Lord, we just thank you for what you did for us today. We thank you, Lord, of how you cherish us, how you love us. Thank you, Lord, that in your eyes there are no fifth sparrows. Lord, every one of us this morning has value and worth. And that's why you paid such an amazing price for us. And over this coming week, as we really think about that, I pray the real truth and the real reality of what you did on Calvary would come alive and real in every heart. But we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. 